0: you're listening to the jubilee montreal podcast jubilee montreal is a christian church located in downtown montreal that exists to share the good news as a spiritual family for holistic transformation for more information on jubilee montreal visit us online at www.jblmontreal.com so we're in a series right now called Move, which is about the seven movements that we make as we start to follow Jesus. So when we talk about following Jesus, we mean a literal, practical thing. We don't just mean beliefs, although your beliefs will change. We don't, uh, we don't really actually mean your behavior, mostly. We mean a, a change of the heart, a transformation of the heart, which will change your beliefs and which will change your behavior in which we'll change your life. And so these seven movements are these core movements of the heart to change from a place of death to life, to change from a place of brokenness to wholeness, to change from a place of selfishness to love, to change from a place of cynicism to faith, to change from a place of apathy to a place of mission, to change from a place of scarcity to abundance, (laughs) and to change from a place of striving striving to abiding. And so there's these seven movements that we're all making. This is why discipleship is a lifelong process. What we're saying is as we follow Jesus, a disciple is a person who is over time increasingly, that is more and more growing and growing and growing and together with other people, you can't do this alone. In spiritual family, it's a person that's moving. So even me today, I'm moving today hopefully from selfishness to love and that's what we're talking about today. Okay, so remember where we've been here. Movement one, the first movement uh, three weeks ago was to move from death to life. And this is the primary movement of the heart. This is the primary movement we have to make. It's not death to life plus all these other things. It's really just death to life. And when we go from death to life in every area of our life, we, we change. And so selfishness to love is today. And selfishness to love is another way of talking about going from death to life. Um, First John chapter 3 verse 14 to 18, John writes, we know that we have passed from death to life. How? Because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. So selfishness, what is, what is selfishness? Uh, this is maybe the way, th- the way that's helpful for me to think about. Um, you know what, actually? If we don't love, if we don't receive love from God, we will either become, and I think just a few things, we'll either become self-absorbed, we'll talk about this as we go, because we'll be looking to fulfill ourselves, okay? This is the one type of person, maybe. Just self-absorbed. Or we don't, exp- we don't think of ourselves as self-absorbed, but we're the kind of person that's trying to, f- trying to find that same kind of acceptance in other people. So we're going to either try to suck it out of ourselves. This might not make sense yet, but suck it out of ourselves, or I'm going to try to suck it out of other people. Okay? I'm basically, I'm always looking for love. And I need it. I really do. It's a, it's a genuine need. And so I'm either going to try to find it by, by finding it within myself. I'll explain what that looks like or I'm going to try to find it in someone else. That is selfishness. Selfishness is the orientation of life, of if, if having your life oriented toward yourself. Okay? It's being within yourself. It's, it's recoiling within yourself. It's In selfishness, you care about yourself most, you think about yourself most, and your problems and your issues and everything, your own, are the biggest thing in your life. And the reason this is, is, be, is simply because we don't trust God and we don't know God and we don't receive his love. And so human beings were made, I'm not going to go through it because we've been through it almost every week recently, Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. And in this story, human beings are receiving love from God. They're in perfect relationship. Human beings, not about people of faith, not about religion, it's just human beings were made to be loved by God. And that's the only way a human being works is when they receive love from God and and human beings cut themselves off from God. They alienated themselves from God. We have done this. And so we're not receiving God's love anymore. The problem is human beings still require to be loved. And so the best that we can do is to try to find it ourselves in something. And when that happens, though, the search for love always ends up making a person selfish. Because it's a need that you have that you're chasing after and looking for and it ends up not being able to be fulfilled outside of God, and so you just become a selfish person. You become a person that's selfish, literally, because you're always thinking, even if you don't say it's love, you're always thinking of fulfilling these needs. I'm always thinking of fulfilling these needs, and it's never getting filled. And so I'm literally just a selfish about-self person. Here's this guy's not a Christian. Daniel Goldman writes, Self-absorption in all its forms kills empathy, let alone compassion. When we focus on ourselves, our world contracts as our problems and preoccupations loom large. But when we focus on others, our world expands. Our own problems drift to the periphery of the mind and so seem smaller. And we increase our capacity for connection or compassionate action. What is God like? Uh, It says in 1 John, that we're we're looking at uh, chapter 3, but in the next chapter... John, John writes this phrase the only time that, he, that the Bible really talks about God so clearly is that God is love. That's how God would like himself to be defined, to be seen. It doesn't mean that God is not other things as well, but that everything else that God is, all parts of his personality and his character come from love. Even his... You know, even if God is, God is a father, and so the father disciplines his children, and even his discipline comes from his love. Okay, so God is primarily, he is love. And then Jesus, if you know anything about Jesus, Jesus reveals God to us, right? We know what God is like because of Jesus. We don't know anything about God outside of Jesus. So if, you're, if you don't follow Jesus yet, or you're not sure about this stuff, I would challenge you to think about the fact that you don't know anything about God or what he's like outside of Jesus. Because your source for those things, your source for what is God like, if I asked you, if you believe in God, yes, what's he like? He's like this or this. Your source for those things is probably yourself or your own experience, or a collection of different things you've heard. What we're saying is that none of that's enough. But Jesus himself, the historical Jesus and the Jesus that's revealed here, reveals God to us. Nothing more, nothing less. And so in the book of Philippians, I'm gonna skip around a lot for the next few minutes, the book of Philippians, uh, written by Paul, a letter to a church. is writing about Jesus. He writes this, Philippians chapter 2, if you just want to write stuff down, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. And Notice all the similarities between this and the, what you looked at. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus had. Quote, who, being in very nature God, that is being exactly God himself, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Uh, what what he said? What is God like? If we just look at this passage, what is Jesus like? If we just try to forget everything else we know, is God Himself revealed in Jesus is humble, and He's about other people. God is the most selfless person that there's ever been. And the reason this is is because God is love. And love is never selfish. Love is always directed out toward other people. So God himself is love. Jesus reveals a God who is never selfish. Who is When God is revealed, it's like the, in the whole of human history, imagine we knew nothing about, we didn't really know God, only in like a, only in like a shadow. And then Jesus comes to reveal God and the way that God desires to be known by people. You know, it's like you decided to have a have like a party and uh, or I don't really know how to explain this. Let's just say I have a baby. This is a ridiculous example. <laughs> and uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show the baby to you all and I'm really excited. And so like I take the outfit for the baby. This is not me at all, but I take the outfit for the baby that I think is like the best outfit that we were given, the greatest outfit. And I, I show the baby to you in this outfit because I think it's, it says something, you know, it's beautiful, it's nice. I want you to, you get what I'm saying here? Probably not, but, but, but. This is, God, God, has to, God has planned this moment to show us who he is, and he decided to do it by saying, I want you to know what I'm like as a human being, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to come in the form of a servant, and I'm going to show you that I'm love, and what love looks like is it looks like servanthood, selflessness, sacrifice on behalf of other people. Not from a place of have to, We'll talk about that at the end. Not for everybody. God doesn't have to do any of this. God is this. God has no choice but to give himself to other people. So this is what God is like. So what is love, though? If God is love, what is love? Love is said, uh, love is an action, which is partly true, probably. That love is, um, well, this is maybe the most common thing that you hear these days, is that love is an action, because they're trying to correct that people just talk about love and it's meaningless, but beyond these things, love is a motive of the heart. Love is a motive of the heart. So it is action because the heart, when the heart loves, the heart's gonna do something for you. If I love you, I'm gonna do something for you. But really what love is, is it's a motive of my heart. It's a posture of my heart toward you or toward God. That is love. So love, when you really wanna know if something's loving, don't just look at what happened, look at the motive. Because, I mean, that's why it makes sense, right? Like, I could do something something that looks loving for Matt, right? Like, I could just, I could just say, Matt, I don't have much money, but everything I have is yours. And people like, wow, that's really loving to Matt. But inside, what I'm thinking is, I really hope Eugene saw me give all that money to Matt so that I look very generous. It's not love. It's, it has, it's bankrupt. It has nothing to do with love. It's not just the action. It's the motive of my heart that is love. God's heart is only motivated by love. We'll talk about it later. I don't want anybody to see. Um, and and love is a motive. The way that that looks is it always values other people over self. Now, if we have other issues in life over here, I can even I'm saying saying this. There's parts of me and parts of us I know. It begins to feel uneasy about I'm always valuing other people over myself. Don't I need to care about myself too? We'll talk about that in a minute. But love is all the meaning of love is to value other people over self. That's what it means. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Maybe I'll just read it actually out of here. Just if we didn't think love was important yet. This is what I mean by I'm just, this is so important. I'm just kind of talking around this thing. And I will, and we'll end in a few minutes. But if you want to know what Christianity is about, if you want to know what life, what a good life, a meaningful life would be about, this is basically, it. I'm just kind of talking about it. Paul again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men, okay, so if I speak languages, like any of the languages that you speak, if I speak any of these languages, or if I speak the language of angels, but I don't have love, that'd be incredible, right? If I could just speak any language. okay, I'm just the, the foremost polyglot. I can even speak angelic language, ang- languages. I can't even speak English. Um, but I don't have love, I am only a resounding gong, boom, right, or a clanging cymbal, It's just super annoying. If I have the gift of prophecy, that is, I can tell you what God is saying to you right now. I can read the thoughts of your mind, the desires of your heart, and I can, I can hear, I can connect with God at this level that I can hear him for you. If I can do that and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can actually move mountains like we sing about, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give, there it is, if I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, uh, what it it also says in other translations is if I give my body to the flames, if I sacrifice myself on behalf of other people, if I do this, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. it seems like this is the point, (laughs) you know? It's funny because I'm not sure how much of us are, are saying our pursuit in life is love. Because according, I mean, things are good. Like, this is on, these things are not bad. In fact, in other passages, the same person who's writing this is telling us to desire it, desire prophecy. It's not, these are not bad things. He's using good things on purpose to say, if you don't have a motive of love, if love is not the most important thing in your life, the driving motive of your life and the thing that you want Too that desire, remember I said we all desire That's not bad, and the thing you want more than anything. You're nothing. It's pretty hard words. This is tough love, you know? You're nothing. You gain nothing. He's he's saying your life is going nowhere. I'm speaking to myself. Your life is going nowhere if you don't have love. So one of the ways that we think about this, and I know that... um, part of this idea maybe makes sense to us and we like it, but I think even after talking with some people this past week, I think this idea that I need to, I'm all about love, but I need to love self first, I get what we mean by that, but I think that in the passages we're looking at, this is a very unhelpful way of thinking, okay? So what I want, what I want to show is for a second that we should, we should throw out the idea that we have to love ourselves and instead replace it with something that's better, okay? Okay? You're familiar with this idea? It's more and more popular, and I think it's popular for a reason. It's not a bad thing. that We need to love ourselves. It's because human beings need love. And I know that we, Christians say this, too. I, I've said this, too. But imagine for a moment that you or someone you know that d- doesn't have a relationship with God, doesn't believe in God. And let me show you why it's really understandable that somebody would come to the place where they think they need to love themselves. If human beings were made to be loved by God and, hu- and you can't do human life well without being loved, okay? you need to receive love. But now you don't believe in God where you're supposed to be loved from. Or you just feel alienated from Him. You may believe in Him but you don't experience it. Well, you still have this need. And receiving love from somebody requires trust. It's a very vulnerable thing to do. To receive love from somebody, you, you must trust them, which is how we receive love from God. We trust Him. But if we don't trust God anymore, we don't believe Him. And I find it difficult to trust other people. The most trustworthy person probably for me is going to be myself. The, the reason I'm saying it's not just a bad thing, it's just a, a weak thing, is that the love that I give myself is actually not even love. It's positive affection. <laughs> it's taking care of myself, in which, a, by the way, a, a healthy person will take care of himself. They don't need to be told to take care of themselves. I'm not called to first love self. What I'm called to do, it won't work. I mean, we can do it. It just won't produce anything. What will produce something is receiving love from God. The cry of the heart that says, I I need to love myself, we need to love ourselves, is actually the heart trying to say, I need to receive love from God. I need that. Most of us don't have words for that. So we, we say other things. But what we're doing, what we mean, what our heart, Means that can't say is I need to receive love from God. Now the person that receives God's love will be a person that takes care of themselves. You know, if I'm loved by God and I'm receiving love f- from God, I'm not going to kill myself by working 80 hours a week. Okay, I'm not going to do that naturally because I feel that I am valuable to God. Uh, the The scriptures talk elsewhere if you just want to look at it, where it just assumes that people love themselves. The love of self is everywhere. It's selfishness, right? That's why it's a, just a little change. Say, what do we mean by love self? What we really need is to be loved by God. And that will change, if we, especially because some people do have really negative views of themselves, right? They do have negative views of themselves. What they need, though, is they need to receive love from God. It's going to be impossible to get out of self-hatred and stuff like that. In in and of yourself, still, right? I mean, it's actually even hurtful, I think, to tell someone that that's what they need, when they when they might hate self, to tell them to love self. Well, you got to like get out of that somehow, and the only way to get out of it is to receive what is actually love. First John chapter four nineteen. This is the next the next again. Says we love, we can love because God first loved us. So just another way to think about it, I mean, where are we at? We, we don't have love outside of God, if I can just make that really clear. There is no love outside of God. Everything we've called love in the world outside of God is not actually love. It's not what love is. It's not the substance of love. It's a, the world loves love because love is, love is good and we were made to be loved. Except that when we cut God out of it, it ceases to be. I mean, if God is love, that's what's God like? If you were to say, well, what's God like? Explain him to me. The best explanation would be that God is love. Now, how do you know love? How do you come to experience love? It's through the person of Jesus. We'll talk about that in a second. But there is no love outside of that. So even for me to love my wife in and of myself is not even love. I don't, I don't possess love. Love is God himself. God put in me, God come to live within me, his spirit in me, love has come into me and can come out of me now. But for me to love somebody apart from God is not actually motivated by a heart of love. So it's not actually more complicated than this. All of life, this movement, what does it mean to make this movement? To make this movement means to move from a place where life revolves around me to a place where life becomes extremely simple. All that life is about is about receiving love and giving it away. That's it. Receive love, give it away. Receive love, give it away. That's all, the, that's all discipleship we're talking about. This is why it's not just, oh, what do I have to do and what boxes do I have to check? What has to happen is much more difficult. Your heart has to change from selfish to loving. And when that happens... When you move from selfish to loving, life becomes much simpler. Because then my heart is motivated by love. It's not motivated to protect myself. It's not motivated to make a name for myself. It's not motivated to get a platform for myself. It's not motivated to accumulate wealth. It's not motivated to, to fill in the blank for you. My heart is primarily motivated by receiving love from God and motivated to give it away to someone else. Now, when you start doing that, opportunities might open up in life, and you might have the same job, and you might have the same family. Hopefully, <laughs> you might you might do things, but those things will change. This is why we're not changing our circumstances; we're changing the place that we live from. Right. So, if you want to know, like, what are we again? What are we about? Even for us, this is even for me. You, you've been a Christian for a long time. You maybe you have to hear it again. We're not changing circumstances. This is something that's altogether better. What Jesus is talking about is much more powerful than changing the circumstances of your life and is changing the place that you live from, the place you experience circumstances from. My circumstances, which feel really big, begin to shrink when I begin to receive love from God and give it away. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 22, Pharisees who are all about trying to catch Jesus because they think he's not religious enough. They think he doesn't know the Bible enough. They think he doesn't obey well enough. They think he's a fraud. And so this is what they say to Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? In the whole Bible, what's the best rule, the best commandment? What's the top one? What's the one you can't forget? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Remember, they asked, what's the best? What's the number one? He says that, and then he says, and the second, before they can speak, the second is like it. It's similar to it. It's almost of the same thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, so this is like, I can't, most of this book. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God, love other people. Uh, he catches them. They, they kind of walk away. They don't know what to say, which is what Jesus constantly does to them. And I want you to see what he does for people that need rules. And not only need rules, right? They don't just care about the rules. They care about power. They don't want Jesus speaking. That's the thing that they want to speak. <laughs> that's the problem. So they don't want Jesus to speak. What does Jesus do that shuts them up? Is he doesn't just give them like, oh, man, that's, oh, that's, you really like, you really switched up what I was saying there. I don't know what to say. He, he calls out the thing that they don't have too, right? They, they stand there judged because they're all about the rules. And the one thing he tells them, it's not only correct that everything else, everything's actually about loving God and loving others, but it actually what he says, the one rule he says is probably the one they don't follow. <laughs> Love God with everything you have, which is doubly terrible because God is standing in front of them. You know, and they can't do it. And they're, and they're, yeah, it's awkward. That's a good way to say it. <laughs> love God with everything you have. Everything you are, love God. Think about it like motive. Everything you are, everything you have, everything you possess, love God with it. And second, this is how it works. Second, what's more important, loving God or loving other people? The passage is this kind of like odd balance between to love God is to love people. To love people is to love God. That's all it's about. So don't ask me what the rule is. <laughs> this is it. I mean, it, it, sometimes we can get in trouble for that, but it's why I'm not, we're not concerned with the behavior. Be- I'm not concerned with the behavior because that's not what Jesus is concerned about. Je- so should you do bad things? No, probably not, but most people know that. I, don't, I think you have to come somewhere boring and hear it. What, what Jesus is saying is that beyond that, it doesn't matter. You could do all the right things and be worthless. He doesn't say that. Maybe that's too strong, but your life won't matter. That's pretty strong anyway. You could do all the right things and your life won't matter. That's the difference, by the way, if you're still new, between what I'm saying and what, and what being a religious person means or following a religion. The difference is it's not about what you should do. It's about your heart being changed. And if your heart is changed, well, then what happens? So the yellow card If your heart is changed, what will automatically happen? We know that we've passed from death to life. I know my heart has gone from dead to alive because I love those around me. It will change, but my motive will change, right? So if you just told me, Christians love each other. (laughs) That's what they do, so you should do that. That's actually not what the passage is saying, although we can interpret it like this. If you're a Christian, Christians should love people, so you should love people. That's actually the opposite of what it's saying. People who are actually alive love people, period. Nothing else to say. (laughs) That's it. It's not if you are, do it. It's if you are, you will do it. The problem is not that you're not loving people. The problem is moving from death to life. So it's just, again, it's about your heart. We'll just finish up here. I don't need to balance caring For myself and caring for other people. This is another like half truth. I don't have to balance caring about myself and caring about other people. All I have to do is receive love from God and give it to someone else. That's all I have to do. I don't have to, and and imagine this. I don't have to think about my tank's empty. (laughs) This This is like almost completely true. But just enough that it's not. My tank's almost empty, so I gotta go care for myself again. And then I can come back and love people again. It's just almost so true that it sounds wrong to say it's wrong. <laughs> the truth is, what I need to do is I need to stay receiving God's love. It doesn't, it's not a, there's not a big, like, it just Jesus. First commandment, love God with everything you have. Second commandment, it's just like it. He can't leave it out. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as if they were you, is what it means. Not love yourself, then love other people. He's saying, it later in the New Testament says, no one's ever hated their own body. I would question it, I don't know. <laughs> but what he means is even self-harm is a form of selfishness. As much as someone that's struggling with that, it's hard to hear that kind of thing. We're all selfish, and it's awful, and, it, and they need help. I need help. But to move, from, to move away from selfishness means that I am actually just not concerned about me. I'm not trying not to think about me. I'm not thinking about me. You see, this is the, this is the change is that when I receive God's love, I can't help it by love other people. And so if I'm struggling with that, I'm not struggling with loving people. I'm struggling with receiving God's love. I read Philippians chapter two at the beginning, this poem about how Jesus humbled himself, how he's selfless. This is what it says just before that, just the four verses before. Paul says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, so I hear that for you. If you have any comfort from his love, if you have any common sharing in the spirit, if you have any tenderness and compassion, any, even like this much, (laughs) okay? Then make my joy complete, Paul, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit, one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. This is hard because uh, the reason, by the way, that we have these seven movements is because uh, there's all kinds of ways that we could phrase these things, but our culture the culture that we live within, not their culture, my culture, the culture I have, am, is one of selfishness. It's one of selfish ambition. And selfish ambition is put on a stage and cheered on. Even in the church, it can, we, we want to be quick to say, no, 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 no. Don't give up. Don't give that up. Have faith, which is good. Faith is good. But selfish ambition is not and often the motive of my heart and the motive of ministry and the motive of our hearts is not for love. It's for selfish ambition. Or it's for vain conceit. <laughs> that means selfishness. Rather, instead, in humility, this is the stuff of the faith. This is how you know it. Say, how do I know I'm going well? How do I know it's going well following Jesus? It's going well because you're humble. In humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. They say this is what love is. If you know you know God, this one, I know I haven't talked about it much on purpose, 1 John. You know you've passed from death to life because you love each other. I'm going to skip down to verse 16. This is how we know what love is, we don't even know. I said that before. We don't, I've been trying to talk around it. We don't even know what love is outside of Jesus. We know what love is because Jesus laid down his life for us. Love itself sacrificed itself for me. Ah, that's what love is. Love is not caring about self at all. Love is getting beyond self, not thinking about self. Not trying not to think about self, just not. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, this is a correction you hear it? This is a correction. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity, feels nothing for them, how can the love of God be in that person? That's what he's concerned about. He's not concerned actually about the action. He's concerned about whether the love of God is in them. See, I'm just going to end. I said that twice. (laughs) It's nearly impossible to force ourselves to stop being selfish. That's the catch. It's very difficult to just stop being selfish. If I just told you stop, stop, you know, don't be selfish anymore. Think about everybody else. Don't think about yourself. It's difficult to move from selfishness to love, just like all the movements, does not happen by trying harder. What we have to do is come to experience God's love. And we do that to such a growing degree that it compels us to forget about our own interests and, st- and instead feel the incredible opportunity to live our lives centered on Jesus. When you do that, you begin to love other people. A life that's centered on Jesus is a life that's permeated with love for God and with those around us. John chapter 13, 34, a new command I give you, Jesus said to his followers before he left, love one another. As I have loved you, so in the same way, exactly the same way, love each other. By this, Everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love each other. The thing that Jesus calls us to do is a thing that's harder than miracles. It's love each other the same exact way that I loved you. Go do it. I'm love itself. I have loved you and sacrificed my life for you. I have died on the cross for you. I did not speak up and defend myself, which I could have, and I, sh- and I, and I, I could have, should have, no, could have, and I didn't for you. Now, do that to each other. If you do that, everyone will know that you're my disciple. Why? Because deep in the human heart, whether it's clogged or broken or hidden, people know that love comes from God. Whether they can voice it or not, they know when they see it, which is why people love love. They know love comes from God. And when they see you living out of the love of God, they'll know there's something about you. I know. It's not about your right answer. This is why, by the way, all the evangelism stuff we talk about, it's not about having the right answer. It's actually not about having the right answer. It's great to have the wrong answer. The right thing is, are you a person of love? But then everything else is just going to work out. If love lives within you, it means the Holy Spirit's in you. If the Holy Spirit's in you, it means when you open your mouth, He's going to give you the words to say. Right? It's just about receiving God's love and giving it away. Some of us have not received God's unconditional love or we're not walking in it we're not presently receiving it and so we even hear these verses as laws if you're a christian i mean this one is first john's easy cuz john's tough love we know that we pass from death to life because we love each other anyone who does not love remains in death anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life man that's tough Jesus says a lot of tough things too. Jesus is love and he says a lot of tough things. That's what I'm wrestling through these days. God is a father who loves us unconditionally. does not mean that sometimes what he says does not sting. But this is what he's not saying. He's not saying, well, of course you hate, right? Who's perfect? I don't know. So when I read it, I'm like, hmm. Even saying you're perfect, I go back and I'm like, no, I'm not humble. I'm not it. I just can't do it. So if you hate, you're a murderer. No eternal life in you. Oh. So if I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to love. So I'm supposed to love today, so how can I forget myself today? I'm really hurting and I'm having trouble. How can I forget that? And how can I love Matt again? And then, oh, I want to give Matt money, but I don't want anybody to see, so I'm gonna like give it to him in secret, and then I'm gonna realize "Mm, maybe my heart wasn't pure. So I'm gonna try to do better, I'm gonna try to do better, I'm gonna try to do better. That's not what it's saying. All it's saying is it's about moving from death to life. Do you wanna know how it's going? This is discipleship. How's it going? You don't make the movement once. You don't go, ah, I moved from death to life, check. <laughs> week two, I'm, I'm whole now. I'm definitely not whole. <laughs> I, I preached on brokenness to wholeness last week, and I had a worse week the next week. <laughs> I'm definitely not whole. And then this week, it's selfishness to love. So how can I become loving? This is a process. It's all a lifelong process. So how do I move from selfishness to love? How do I, first, how do I know I'm doing it? I know I'm doing it because I become less interested in myself and more interested in those around me. That's how I know. Now, what if I'm not? Then I need to go back from to death, to life. You guys can come up. Manuel and Lisa, I'll just end. I don't know what else I have. The way we make the movement is the way we make all movements, is, is to believe the truth, to hear the truth, to repent, and to have faith in it again. Thank you for listening to the Jubilee Montreal podcast. For more information on Jubilee Montreal, visit us online at www.jblmontreal.org.